Hello and welcome to the Locked On Canucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Justin Morissette, and this is your Locked On Canucks for the morning of March the 12th, the day that the Canucks may or may not be getting set to take on the Coyotes in Arizona. It's been a wild week, of course, uh, in global politics, and uh, as this you know coronavirus epidemic gets labeled a full-on pandemic, uh... I was planning to sit down and record, you know, a typical episode, a game day preview for tonight's action, maybe take some questions from Twitter, open up the Twitter mailbag for the first time in a while. I haven't done that in a little while, but uh, it all feels sort of irrelevant right now at a time when... Last night, the NBA canceled their season or postponed it at the very least, and there are word uh, rumblings, rumors that it will be canceled outright, that there will be no NBA playoffs this year. Who knows if that's going to happen? But the NHL has kind of been holding its breath, waiting to see what the NBA will do in response to uh, you know the growing concerns about assembling large crowds of close to 20,000 people to come watch hockey together on a nightly basis across North America when uh, this... This disease spreads through contact, through touch, through, uh, you know, um, breathing the same air, pathogens, all that stuff. Um, People need to be isolating themselves if they want to avoid the further spread of this thing. It's a very scary time to be alive right now, honestly. Uh, And in light of that, I decided to, uh, instead of uh, going ahead with a preview for a game that, as you listen to this, might not even be happening. The NHL on Wednesday night said that uh, they would confer with the PA and and, uh, medical authorities in terms of what the best course of action is. There are multiple markets already who have already said they will be playing games to no audience uh, in empty arenas. Um, you know, w- with that in mind, I I am just going to let you hear uh, a lot of the conversation that I had on today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Every single Wednesday, I'm joined by Sarah Avampato of Locked On Kings, and we discuss the biggest stories affecting the Western Conference. Well, this week, it's not just the Western Conference. It's not just hockey. It's not just the NHL. It's society at large. Coronavirus is the topic du jour, and uh, without further ado, here is my conversation this week with Sarah Avampato as we talk about uh, where hockey goes from here. This is just pure chaos, and it doesn't help that like my day job, my not sports podcasty, writing about the the hockey stuff on the internet, like my real job that pays the real bills, like I am on every. COVID-19 task force meeting. I spent all day getting emails from my boss about like, research this. Are we legally legally allowed to do this? Like, and so like it, it consumed like nine hours of my day. And then I went home and I was like, ah, yes, a nice relaxing evening of the sport ball to, to go and not have to like think about this for a while. And then that proved me very, very wrong very quickly. So (laughs) it has become my entire day and I am super ready to like socially isolate myself or whatever, just to not have to deal with it. 
Yeah, uh, if you are unfamiliar, which I'm sure you've probably heard by now, uh, the COVID-19 or coronavirus uh, pandemic, as it has been officially labeled, is uh, having quite an impact on the sporting world. Earlier tonight, as we record this on Wednesday, the NBA officially suspended the remainder of their regular season. There's no word on uh, what it will look like if and when they pick back up again. I've heard some talk, in fact, Sarah, that the season, uh, both in the regular season sense and the playoffs afterwards, are going to be canceled outright. Uh, and this is because the NBA has uh, has hit uh, a bit of a, a scare with the, with the virus themselves. Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz and one of his teammates on the Jazz as well uh, I can't remember exactly who off the top of my head right now, have both been diagnosed uh, with coronavirus. And, um, you know, this is, you know, scary for the NBA, but for the NHL when, you know, we know how this thing is spread. It's through touch. It's through contact with surfaces. It's through, you know, the way germs spread in general. This has to be scary when you consider how many NBA teams share facilities with NHL teams. They're all in the same arenas. You know, that's where they practice. That's where they play, especially when it seems like the uh, you know ground zero, if we are going to call it that, for this particular outbreak as it pertains to the NBA appears to have originated in Detroit. The Utah Jazz were in Detroit to take on the Pistons this past weekend, and from what I can tell, this might entirely be conjecture, but it seems like that is where uh, the Jazz would have picked it up. Uh, I follow uh, a editorial writer who I believe is now with the New York Times, Liz Brunig, who was talking about the fact that she has felt very ill since she took a weekend trip on business to Detroit as well, and wouldn't you know it, she was staying in the exact same hotel as the Utah Jazz were when they were there to play the Pistons. So uh, really, any NHL team that's played in Detroit over the last week has to be feeling pretty nervous about their situation right now. There's a whole chart out there that basically has traced and like not to make this a basketball podcast but this is sort of where it started and it's going to impact us. Um, You can trace every NBA team has had some sort of contact with either directly the Utah Jazz or with a team that has recently played the U- the Utah Jazz in the past couple of days. Like however and however many NBA teams are there there are like I'm not a basketball person, but they all have had either primary or secondary contact I think with the Jazz and then you start thinking about what NHL teams share those areas, what NHL teams have then gone to play other NHL teams uh, and you know uh, they were just saying that uh, I didn't know this, but the the Kings, for example, the room that they have been using to do their like all reporters must stay six feet away from people uh, little post game press conferences is actually the visiting NBA locker room. So what teams have come through Los Angeles to play uh, the Clippers and the Lakers are they teams that have had contact with the Jazz lately? And then Todd McClellan and whatever Kings have been hanging out in there, plus all of the media. Um, I know there's been a lot on Twitter from the media who've been covering these basketball games who are like, what are we supposed to do? Um, Particularly considering that the guy from the jazz who was diagnosed is the same guy who thought it was funny at a press conference thing to go and like rub his little hands over everyone's recorders because he thought it was funny that they all have to be sitting like 10 feet away from him. And now he's the guy with the thing. (laughs) 
Yeah, thumbing his nose basically at the idea of keeping uh, the players and press separate, which I kind of understand that sentiment to an extent. Like it, it was very easy to treat this as an overblown overreaction as recently as like three days ago, if we're being honest. And I was never personally on board with that, but a lot of my friends were looking at, uh, you know, cancellations, whether it was something like Coachella or uh, Stagecoach, those music festivals being postponed. They go, oh, this is just an overreaction. The media is entirely cooking this thing up. I know people who felt that way, and personally I felt a little bit more hesitant uh, than they did. I I had a feeling this was only going to get worse as time went on, and uh, surprise surprised that's exactly where we are but I understand that sentiment I I feel like there's a ton of people who are just blasting Rudy Gobert right now uh, for spreading the disease to all of those media members whose microphones and recording devices he touched I I am a little bit more reluctant to uh, come down that hard on a guy who uh, I think was trying to show camaraderie with the press at that point more than anything Uh, But I fully understand the frustration at this point. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier, I believe, is uh, I may have mispronounced his last name, but that's the other player for the Jazz who has tested positive for coronavirus at this point. And you, you know, have uh, the NBA sending out a message to all four teams that the Jazz have played against in the last couple weeks here, uh, which should also extend to any team in any sport that's played in those facilities really over the last two weeks as well, uh, asking those teams to self-quarantine themselves for the next two weeks uh, made for a bit of an awkward situation, I'm told this evening, uh, in Toronto where the Raptors were out at a charity event kind of mixing and mingling with uh, you know fans and media alike at a event in downtown Toronto when the news breaks that these players have to be quarantined for the next two weeks and suddenly things got... Uh, Uh, Very awkward and silent and uncomfortable as uh, players were not entirely sure how to handle that. But again, like you mentioned, uh, the Raptors share facilities with the Maple Leafs. There's a ton of teams who are in the same building, using the same rooms, using the same spaces, using the same surfaces as a number of NBA teams. And I just have a hard time imagining, Sarah, that the NHL is going to feel like uh, we're going to push this when the NBA did not. I mean, uh, even in San Jose, we've already seen the announcement that the Sharks were planning to play uh, a number of games in empty buildings right now because their uh, local health authorities and and governments had said that gatherings of people uh, that, you know, exceed 1,000 in numbers uh, are are not going to be permitted at this time, which probably won't be a problem for a team like the Florida Panthers, but uh, <laughs> elsewhere, the league might have some trouble uh, if they want to continue playing games. And, I mean, maybe you can play games in front of empty buildings to, to try and keep the season going and see how this thing, uh, you know, ultimately plays out in the next couple weeks. But I would be shocked if by this time tomorrow we're not looking at an NHL that has done the same thing and, and suspended or postponed or, or canceled the remainder of the regular season, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to have faith that the NHL does the right thing. And their their message that they sent out on Wednesday night was very much a non-message of like, yeah, we know someone else did a thing. We're going to talk about it. Um, and I know that they're supposed to talk with the, the players union and the owners and all sorts of stuff. Um, but there's just there's no way that they keep playing like they it it 
but then I think this is a league that screwed up mumps and this is a league that like denies <laughs> the concussions are real. So, <laughs> you know, I could also very easily see them waiting until, you know, like San Jose, like uh, I believe Columbus as well is going to be playing to empty arenas. I could very well see them being like, oh, we're just going to wait and see what your local health people say. Um, I-, I would like to think that they are a little more proactive and uh, than all of that, but this is the NHL and I just don't, I don't know anymore (laughs) what kind of decisions they're going to make. Yeah. The, the official announcement from the Columbus blue jackets that I have right in front of me says, uh, uh, they've been in contact with the NHL regarding this matter and will abide by the state's mandate as the governor of Ohio has uh, issued an order prohibiting gatherings in the state, uh, or that they are aware that that order is forthcoming, rather. They say remaining home games while the order is in effect, including tomorrow versus Pittsburgh, will be played as scheduled but with restricted attendance in compliance with today's announcement. Admission to games will be limited to home and visiting club personnel, credentialed media and broadcast partners, essential club and arena staff, and NHL officials. The games will be closed to the public. So, uh, yeah, we are looking at uh, if the, if they do go ahead and play, that that these games are going to have zero fans in attendance. And, I mean, that's kind of interesting from a broadcast perspective. I'm for sure going to be tuning in to watch just what these games look like uh, in Columbus and San Jose and whoever else is forced to uh, follow in lockstep with these orders coming down. But, um you know, I, it's going to be bizarre to watch a game with absolutely zero atmosphere because uh, I, who knows if they're even playing music in the building, if there's no crowd to get pumped up, you know. It's going to have a bit of a, of a haunted vibe to it. It's going to be uh, very, very bizarre. And as much as this is a scary situation that I, that I wish we were not going through at all whatsoever, uh, I'm kind of interested to see what this looks like. And I feel like, I mean, the the primary role of Twitter in all of these things is always like the stress relief. So a lot of the memes and joke tweets that are going around about like, you know, I want the Flyers to be playing with only gritty in the audience and, you know, the the lightheartedness, <laughs> I, I think, in, in times of uncertainty and, you know, societal weirdness uh that at least has been you know hockey twitter never changes we're always a bunch of weirdos essentially uh so i have at least enjoyed uh being able to see all that of course you know there's been any number of jokes about the senators and the panthers and like well they're already used to playing to nobody kind of jokes that you know have, have at least provided a little bit of levity uh in all of this all of this going on um I was thinking about there was a game a couple years ago, I think uh, it was in the AHL. I believe it was the Charlotte Checkers that had uh, just extraordinary weather conditions. I I think it was like, you know, it's Charlotte's. They're not used to snow and they had snow and essentially canceled the game. And, you know, they played in front of the like, you know, three fans that were able to make it. (laughs) And then, you know, like all sorts of, you know, the marketing person was also the PA announcer and, you know, they still tried to continue the game as normal with, you know, music and, you know, in-game promotions and stuff uh, and just had kind of fun with it. And so if the NHL does continue this way, I will be really curious to see and I will definitely be making those uh, games to watch just to see how each team sort of approaches uh, the fact that they are playing to uh, basically their co-workers and friends and not actually fans. 
I mean, yeah, it's still going to be exciting hockey because the teams are fully aware that the two points uh, matter a whole heck of a lot at this stage in the season. I should say my little dunk on Florida there was uh, entirely plagiarized from Riley Smith who was asked about the prospect of playing in an empty arena uh, in Vegas and said, well, that's nothing new to me. Uh, Yeah, I did see that dunk as well, that uh, perhaps the safest place to be in this pandemic right now is uh, watching Ottawa Senators games at uh, Canadian Tire Center or whatever the name of their building is. But uh, yeah, you know, you got to make jokes in times like these because I feel like uh, I who knows how to handle situations like this, right? This is such an unprecedented thing uh, that it is utterly bizarre. You know what? What a strange time to be living through. The, we might never see anything like this happen again as long as we live. You know, the, the last time uh, a season was called off because of disease, you'd have to go back to uh, more than a hundred years ago, if I'm not mistaken. A, a Spanish flu wiped out uh, an NHL season at one point. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm very nervous about, you know, not just the health ramifications of this, which are obviously the greater concern about, you know, making sure that, that people are socially isolated in times like this so that we can kind of stem the transmission of the coronavirus in general. But if the games are canceled or postponed, like that is going to have an enormous impact on people uh, from an income perspective, myself included. You know, like uh, in my radio job here in Vancouver, I'm the studio producer for Canucks broadcasts. And if there are no Canucks broadcasts to be broadcasted, I don't have work, and I am a person who lives precariously paycheck to paycheck and have no idea what that will mean for me financially if that's the case. So all kinds of anxieties with relation to that side of things. But at the same time, Sarah, like, you know, it's almost irresponsible to continue playing these games in front of packed houses if you have parts of your league that are already shutting down to the public. And, and a you know... Uh, a, a league that I wouldn't call it necessarily a sister league per se, but uh, the NBA is shutting the whole thing down altogether. How could the NHL possibly push forward and say that, you know, we're going to keep bringing 18,000 people a night into these places and not feel like uh, there's, you know, something borderline criminal about that, essentially, in terms of the role that would play in, in making sure that this thing continues to spread? Yeah, it's actually been super weird to watch um, games being played right now, um, knowing, you know, not only, you know, at my day job trying to make preparations for, okay, what if our workforce has to all work from home? Like, how do we deal with that? And then turning on the TV to see a Chicago Blackhawks game with, you know, 18,000 people there. Uh, And it's very odd because here in Chicago, like, we haven't had the same kind of prevalence of cases of this like everyone is still kind of like looking at life as normal but at the same time in the back of your head you're like yeah but we might not it might not be we just don't know yet and here's you know all these thousands of people in the same place uh, as opposed to watching the Kings game and, you know, a very sparsely attended game, but also, you know, was that due to uh, fears of the illness in Los Angeles, which I know has had uh, a number of cases already, or was it because it was a game between the Kings and the senators, both bad teams that like no one wanted to go see, like who knows. Uh, But it, it was a little weird to see, 
the juxtaposition in the two games that I was watching tonight of like one packed arena um, of people who all seemed to kind of get that like this might be the last hockey they're seeing, um, particularly since Chicago isn't going to the playoffs. So even if the league reboots itself in time for playoffs, uh, they're still done. Um but seeing kind of the the difference in the two audiences and seeing the fans kind of being like, yeah, this this might be it for the season. So it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, there was a uh, report going around tonight, which was really just rumor mongering, essentially. I don't know how much credence to really give this, but uh, a, a tweet that was transcribing a Darren Drager radio hit on uh, NBC Sports Radio in the United States. I don't even know with which market. But essentially he was saying that he's heard uh, the possibility that the remainder of the regular season will be scrapped altogether. And when play does resume uh, in this season, you know, assuming it does resume and we are not looking at a situation like I mentioned where, you know, the NBA is potentially scrapping the remainder of the year, including playoffs, uh, that whatever teams are in a playoff position right now are the teams that make it in. And personally, that seems insane to me, given that there are all sorts of uh, inequities within, uh, you know, how many games teams have played. The Canucks in particular, my team here in Vancouver, uh, have two games in hand on pretty much every single team ahead of them in the standings. So maybe you go to point percentage if you were to go that route. But then again, like, I don't know. I I'm of the mind that you're already playing hockey into late June or at least mid-June during the Stanley Cup Finals. What's another two, three weeks? You know, if we if everything gets pushed back and and the playoffs have to run into July, I mean, yes, that means postponing the draft. That means postponing the start of free agency. But there is a ton of you know, nothingness in August that you could cut into if you really wanted to. I know that's, you know, prime time for the players to start skating and getting in game shape again for the season to come for next year. But uh, there is a huge lull in between the rush of signing free agents and the actual opening of training camps. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, but I guess maybe it creates some some planning issues where, you know, the, the draft is set to be held in Montreal. You've already booked that building. You already have a ton of things planned there. You want to make sure that goes ahead when it's scheduled. I don't know. I, I I just I don't know how you can launch the playoffs coming out of a, a stoppage and not just absolutely piss off a huge percentage of your markets who might be stuck on the outside looking in through uh you know kind of unfair circumstances. Yeah, I feel like just looking at at the standings. Yeah, like Vancouver. 78 points, same as Nashville, but Nashville has the tiebreaker. Minnesota's a point behind them uh, in the West. In the East, it's kind of the same situation. The Islanders have 80 points. That's just one point behind the wildcard uh, wild teams. Uh, so I can't possibly see see it going over well. I, I feel like you know, even if you look at points percentage, like you said, like that just doesn't seem like the right way to handle it. And yeah, like do you do a play play-in game? Do you try to find some way to equalize like, okay, the most games anyone has played so far is 71. So we get everyone up to 71 games and then just go from there. Um, do you like, I, I don't know, draw names out of a hat. Um, if you push everything forward, like the preseason doesn't need to be nearly as long as it is. We don't need all those games. So do you cut the preseason uh, down? Like, 
And then it's like, well, that stuff is all in the collective bargaining agreement. So, you know, then they have to go negotiate with the union on that. And um, it's just like a cascading, like, ball of issues. And I kind of feel like, you know, not not that the NHL is always going to take its cues from the NBA, but, you know, they're the only other active league right now. And I kind of feel like they might be waiting to see what the NBA says. Uh, as to how they're going to handle the rest of their season, especially, uh, as we said, how many of these uh, teams share uh, facilities. And so if the NBA pushes their season, um, you know, then that those leagues can, can, can coordinate with each other. Who knows? But, yeah, I, like, I, I agree with you. I don't see any way that they can do it fairly. Um, and, you know, the, the smaller market teams that don't get the huge money that – um, some of these big teams get like it's going to stink for them to lose out on you know guaranteed revenue of games and the owners won't be happy about that like there's no way to make everyone happy but it just doesn't seem right to just be like nope this is the season as it is like let's go <laughs> yeah and I mean ultimately let's also be clear that uh, what we're fretting about right now is pretty trivial in the grand scheme this is still just a game. It is a, a, a social distraction, essentially, from the worries of our day-to-day lives, though it's funny, as you mentioned earlier, that uh, everything that you had to deal with at work today has spilled into your uh, you know pastime distraction here as well. If this continues to spread at the rate it is projected to spread, an enormous amount of people are going to die as a result of this virus, and that is Obviously, a, a much more serious and, and tragic topic than uh, perhaps uh, a few teams being left out of a playoff chase that they thought they should have been in. But, uh, I mean, this is the business that we're in, right? And like you said, it is huge money uh, to a lot of these franchises who are in the hunt and, and have been, you know, just very much looking forward to uh, playoff revenue. I think uh, there was a lot of snickering here in Vancouver over the last week about this is a franchise that's taken pretty well every single shortcut one can possibly take in trying to rebuild a franchise to get back to the playoffs and get that playoff revenue again as quick as can be. Uh, the the monkey's paw curse just levels of irony if they finally make it in and they're not allowed to play in front of any paying fans. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if owners would really be into that either you are you know still maintaining your schedule i guess and and crowning a champion but if you are uh not able to rake in all that money for games where you don't have to pay your players uh they're probably not going to be too pleased about that at the end of the day either right i feel like we could is there a way we can like blame whatever happens on edmonton (laughs) i i i think so yeah sure (laughs) I mean, Connor McDavid might have the coronavirus right now. We don't know. He's out on the shelf for for two weeks. He might just have the flu. He's ill right now. But, uh, uh, I mean, it's entirely possible. It is funny how much fretting there is about, you know, the illness with regards to the Utah Jazz. I guess we know that those are confirmed cases, whereas people are like, oh, yeah, uh, Connor McDavid has flu-like symptoms. Uh, yeah, he has coronavirus, but only as a joke. I'm only saying this to be funny. I don't actually believe it at all. There, you know, maybe there is some cause to be concerned there. Who knows? 
we'll, we'll find out like four weeks after the fact. It's it's like when Sidney Crosby said he didn't have mumps, even though his face was the size of like tennis balls. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I got stung by bees as I tried to eat honey directly from the hive. That's what Sidney Crosby had happened. No to him. big deal. Nothing, <laughs> nothing to see here, folks. Well, Sarah, as we record this late on Wednesday night and the people listen to it on Thursday morning, Thursday day, what would you put the odds at that there are even going to be games played in the NHL on Thursday night because you know here in Vancouver we're getting ready for a big one it's the next biggest game of the season as every single game lately gets that tag as they're on the road in Arizona to take on the Coyotes I'm of the mind that you know come tomorrow afternoon that game might just be straight up canceled who knows yeah I'm with you I think that there's I, I, I'm going to try to have faith in the NHL in this situation and uh, believe that they will do uh, the right thing, even though it is the uncomfortable thing, and just press pause on this season um, until everything kind of gets figured out. But I, I would not be surprised if, uh, <laughs> regrettably for the rest of the hockey world, that Kings Senators was the last NHL game played <laughs> before this break. Yeah, and uh, in Vancouver, we're just very upset that, uh, unfortunately, if t- if tonight was the last night of games, Winnipeg beat Edmonton, which gave them enough points to push the Canucks out of the playoffs again. So, uh, you know, obviously, as I've said many, many times, bigger concerns than this, but uh, it is funny to kind of uh, look at how things might play out here, depending on what the NHL wants to do. Unfortunately, Sarah, you and I do not have any of the answers right now. We are... Uh, left to speculate and, and perhaps fearmonger a little bit, but it is a wild, wild time to be a sports fan right now. And uh, even with no answers, we still managed to talk to it for nearly 28 minutes tonight. So I, I think we did all right. <laughs> we try. Do our best. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that'll do it for our show today. Sarah, if people want to hear more from you, they can find you, of course, at uh, Locked On Kings as the Kings season winds to a close here over the next couple weeks. And I, I'm, I'm kind of upset that we didn't get to talk about really actual hockey topics this week because I am curious what it's like to continue following a team that uh, w- was just straight-up sellers at the deadline and have not a lot to play for as the year winds down. I wouldn't know. The Canucks have been very bad for the last five years, but never at any point decided to uh, pull the shoot and sell off all their assets and just tank the rest of the way. But, hey, maybe that conversation can be parked for next week if games are still being played and everything's back to normal. And who knows, that might be the case. But I do have a feeling that uh, if they do press pause, it's going to last for longer than you think. And uh, we might not have a ton to talk about on the games front for a little while here. But always a pleasure chatting with you, nevertheless. And hopefully we got games to talk about next week. Most definitely. If you enjoyed that, of course, you can hear more from Sarah and I every single Wednesday, sometimes Thursday morning, depending on when on Wednesday we record, uh, on the Locked On NHL podcast. Of course, do want to ask you once again to head on over to the iTunes store, the Apple Podcasts app, whatever it's called now. Leave me a rating and a review. I've noticed that more people have been doing this since I've been begging and pleading uh, once again. I appreciate it if you want to leave me a little review, a little a little. Uh, piece of positive feedback. It's always a nice boost uh, of the uh, serotonin in my brain to read nice things that people say about this show. I appreciate that. I hopefully will be back tomorrow to break down the game that hopefully 
is going to happen this evening. And of course, if it doesn't happen, I guess I'll be back to talk about that and the fact that uh, the NHL has likely gone ahead and followed in the NBA's footsteps and suspended their season. You will know likely one way or another, whichever way that's going to go, probably by the time you're hearing this already. And if not by now, then within the next hour or so, as I would imagine the NHL said late on Wednesday night that they plan to make another announcement uh, on Thursday in the day. So uh, there will be something to break down, whether it's Canucks action or not, whether it's uh, you know the fact that the Canucks are going to be bound for the playoffs based on points percentage or not. Uh, we'll find out. It's as I said many times, a very strange but interesting time uh, here to be alive. Uh, I will talk to you again tomorrow. Until then, I have been and will continue to be Justin Morissette, and you've been locked in on the Locked On Canucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And if you like that, well, you can just tell your smart device to play more of the Locked On NHL podcast.